ever heard this president say one negative thing about white supremacists? Have you ever heard it? You wouldn't even condemn David Duke, for God's sake. Well, you've got David Duke just joined. A bigot, a racist, a problem. David They've Duke been lying to you. Person who I disavowed on numerous occasions over the years. They've been lying I to totally you. totally disavow the Ku Klux Klan. I totally disavow David Duke. I've been doing it now for two weeks. This is your Multiple occasions. the 18th person that's asked me the question. How many times do I have to reject? I've rejected David Duke, rejected David Duke. I've rejected the KKK, the Ku Klux Klan. From the time I'm five years old, I rejected them. I have been Multiple asked so many times. How many times do I have to reject or disavow? And I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists because they should be condemned totally. Racism is evil. And those who cause violence in its name are criminals and thugs, including the KKK, neo-Nazis, white oh. supremacists. In one voice, our nation... If it costs $50 trillion, as some of your colleagues have testified, to become carbon neutral by 2050. How much is that going to lower world temperatures? So every country around the world needs to get its act together. Our emissions are about 13% of global emissions. Yeah, but if right you could now. answer my question, if we spend $50 trillion to become carbon neutral in the United States of America by 2050, you're the Deputy Secretary of Energy. Give me your estimate of how much that is going to reduce world temperatures. So, so first of all, it's a net cost. Um, it's what uh, benefits we're having from getting our act together and reducing all of those climate benefits. We're seeing. Let me ask again. Maybe I'm being. Right now. Maybe I'm not being clear. If we spent fifty trillion dollars to become carbon neutral by two thousand and fifty in the United States of America, how much is that going to reduce world temperatures? This is a global problem, so we need to reduce our emissions, and we need to do everything we can. How much, if we do our part, is it going to reduce? So world we're we're thirteen percent of global emissions. You don't know, do you? So we're thirteen percent of. If global you know, why won't you we, tell me? If we went to zero, that would be thirteen percent. You don't know, do you? You just want us to spend fifty trillion dollars, and you don't have the slightest idea whether it's going to reduce world temperatures. You're the Deputy Secretary of the Department of Energy and you're advocating we spend trillions of dollars to seek carbon neutrality and you can't, and this isn't your money or my money, it's taxpayer money, and you can't tell me how much it's going to lower world temperatures? If it costs $50 trillion or something. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, uh, I was. I have a lot more videos I actually wanted to play, but I don't want to offend like our first guest coming up in just a few <laughs> minutes. And like, you know, some of it was pretty rough. I, I will have time, but you know, we'll have time to be offensive later. Yeah, we do have time to be offensive later. <laughs> um, but welcome to another. It's Monday, right? I it is Monday. Days. I don't even know what the hell day it is. Well, you were at the ball game on Sunday. I was at the ball game yesterday. So now today is Monday. Yeah, uh, I uh, I sat in a loge. How was that? That was probably nice. It was very nice. Uh, it was very, uh, very comfortable. Uh, Dave Mortash got us the Fox 8 loge. Wow, that was nice. Because he does you know, a lot of stuff, commercials and stuff, or programming on Fox 8. Sure. And so, you know, he uh, got the Fox 8 loge, and as soon as we walked in, it was decked out with what, hot dogs, of course. Mm -hmm. Had like a chicken... Fingers or whatever. Right. Do they still have the ice cream bar? No. Macaroni oh. and cheese, though. Uh, little corn on the cob things, which are pretty tasty. Then, of course, they had, like, popcorn, chocolate-covered pretzels. But he was upset because the shrimp cocktail wasn't there. Oh, my God. Should have left so, immediately. 
Next thing you know, two things of shrimp cocktail showed up, big, huge plates. <laughs> and then 10 minutes later, two more big, ginormous things of shrimp cocktail nice. showed up. I mean, these things looked like they crawled out of the ocean yesterday. <laughs> I mean, they were, one, like triple the size of any shrimp that I've ever seen. Right. And uh, they, they, were, uh, they were really, really good. Nice. And then they had like this skillet with like a cookie or something and browning in it. And stuff. Okay. I mean, which is totally not good for like a diabetic who already lost one leg. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could have had rice cakes for you. At least they didn't do that. I told them by the end of the uh, the game, I'm going to have to leave the other leg here. <laughs> it was not going to go well for me. Well, the way they played last month, they could probably use another leg. But I'll be honest with you, man. The weather was gorgeous. Yeah, it was nice yesterday. And I paid attention to probably 20% of the game. <laughs> Just because, one, it really moves fast now with the, the stupid pitch clock thing. And, yeah. And then uh, on top of that, man, when we're at the ballpark and the music is playing and you're sitting in those really comfy seats, especially in like the loge area. Mm-hmm. That swivel around and they lean back and yeah. I could care less what the hell was going on with the baseball game. That's right. I don't. I don't blame you. I, it's, dude. It's a nice. It's a nice time. I, I. I'm not for the for the the clock. By the way. Yeah. I. I did see that the the Indians finished a game at um under two hours this week. Guardians. No, it isn't. It ain't right. to me. Okay. It'll never yeah. be to me. You can call it you can call it by its minor league name all you want. I'm sticking with Indians. And and but I saw that they finished uh they finished a game at like 1 hour and 50 minutes. Yeah, man, those it really does move. It moves fast. I know as Peter, a Padres fan it still takes a little longer to to finish, but Peter Nab are uh are uh, are, See? are gentlemen who's trying to make it to all 162 games. I think he's mm-hmm. been to Whatever it is now, all of them up to the all-star breaks. So good for sure. him. Yeah. Uh, so his legs are overrated. Well, he might be right yeah. there. So I texted him uh, yesterday at the game. Yeah. And oh, I, I no, I posted something on Facebook saying I was there. And he goes, where are you sitting? I'll come by and say hi. Okay. And I said, we're in a suite. Okay. He goes, well, how the hell did you pull that off? <laughs> <laughs> and why didn't you call me? <laughs> Try to tell him that's how I roll, you know. Yeah. I mean, sorry, Peter. You know, <laughs> Too funny. Peter gets better seats than me, anyways. What the hell are you talking about? Well, he's he gets like, more anyway. He gets more. He's behind home plate on the lower level. I mean, come on, Peter. Yeah, he gets he gets good seats. It's not much to complain about there. Uh, don't agree with cluster ammo. It makes us no better than him. What, what does that mean? I have no idea. Did you play one of the clips was Cluster Ammo? Not that I heard. I don't think so. Eh, whatever. Anyway, we're rolling. Let's let's All right. roll. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to our first guest. All right, let's do that. Because we've got a lot of guests that. on today. Yeah. Uh, who's coming up later? Uh, we have Serena Tali from, um, she's formerly of the band Burning Witches. She's going to be in with her new release, Addicted to Color. And then um, the lead singer of The Babies, as well as Firefall, Remember those bands from the past? Yes. Uh, John Bazaha will be in um, a bit later to talk about the. Uh, this just sounds weird. About the new Firefall album. Wow. <laughs> that band's been. I mean, when did they come the out? 70s? The sixties, seventies, yeah. maybe. <laughs> but they have a new album, and he's going to tell us all about it. So. 
I'm very excited to talk to Serena. I'm addicted to her. Yes. And Ooh, uh, yes. her Instagram and everything else that goes on with her. So Yeah, she seems We're feisty. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's get to our, our first guest, so Jeff Monreal. Jeff All Monreal right. Funeral Home. How are you, my friend? Good, Seth. How you guys doing? Fantastic. Right, Jeff. Good, good. good I Jeff. met Jeff back at the uh, John Rich concert. Okay. When I received uh, the house that I'm currently living in. And that was one hell of a night, I'll tell you that, Jeff. Yeah, that was uh, that was my second concert. Uh, I was there the year before, and uh, that's when I met uh, Dave Mortash, uh, your good friend, and um, Travis Mills. So that's that's how I got hooked up with those guys uh, from that evening. And Travis is a, a great guy. I mean, Travis actually, out of nowhere, called me the other day. People who know Travis Mills lost all four limbs in uh, Afghanistan, and like great guy. And he actually called me the other day just to see how I was doing. And nice. That's amazing. That's a that's a good guy right there. And it was cool. That night was cool. It was great to meet you. And it was great, great events. Very cool. Yeah, it was a, it was an honor to meet you. And uh, I, you, I know how emotional that night was for you and your family. And oh, yeah. uh, was um, was proud to be a part of it. And then I got to go to the golf outing that you were having and for Travis Mills or with Travis Mills. And yeah. uh, that was very, very cool. So now you're back with another golf outing. So let's get in and tell people what it's all about and when, where, and who's the benefiting everything. All right, great. Uh, so just a little backlog on, on the organization. So Jeff Monreal Funeral Home Charity Golf Outing. I started like seven years ago. Previous to that, I ran a golf outing for the Kiwanis for 10 years and then started this, uh, my own golf outing. Every year we change uh, where the money goes to a, a different a nonprofit organization. Um, just a, a little backdrop on that. We started out with uh, Camp Home Dakota the first year, uh, which is a camp for children with uh, type one diabetes. The second year uh, was for In Motion, which is for uh, people who've been diagnosed with uh, Parkinson's. Uh, third year was for breast cancer. Fourth year was for, um, we went with a group out in Perry called uh, Footprints for Autism. Fifth year was for Miracle League. And then last year was for the Travis Mills Foundation. This will be the seventh year. And it's, um, I picked uh, the Cleveland uh, Ronald McDonald House, um, which is an organization that, um, uh, for instance, this this couple, uh, Tia and Mickey Kozlovich, uh, their son 30 years ago um, had open heart surgery and they did not want to leave their son. Um, and they, they said, you know, we're not going anywhere. And then somebody from the Ronald McDonald House came over to him and said, hey, listen, we understand you can stay here, but we'd like to have you right, you know, right connected to this building. Uh, over at the Ronald McDonald House, you could stay there and then come back in the morning. Um, and they haven't left there since. They've been there for 30 years. They're going to wow. be our guest speakers at the uh, the charity golf outing. It's going to be on uh, Friday, July 28th. It's in about three weeks here. And it's going to be at Manakiki Golf Course uh, out in Willoughby Hills. Excellent. Jeff, what, what is it about you? And, you know, especially now that you just went through that, that history, 
that that continually sees the need and fulfills it to be so charitable? Is it is it the industry that you're in? Is it just your nature as a as a man? What is it that makes you not only you know everybody says yeah I'd love to give to this or that. Not everybody does. What is it about you that makes you actively seek out charities and charitable events to be part of? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, you know, many years ago, one night I, I got on my knees and I was saying a prayer and uh, I kind of, I don't typically yell out loud, but I, uh, that particular evening I was, I was a little fed up and I asked God, I said, what do you want me to do next? Um, okay. You know, what, what is, what am I supposed to do here? Um, and I asked for a sign and, uh, a gentleman called me a few days later and said, Hey, I think it's a good idea. You start your own golf outing. And, uh, so that happened. And then once that happened, um, it was like every year, it's kind of like, it's usually tied into somebody like the first year, uh, one of my best friends, his daughter, um, has type one diabetes and this camp was in, in bad shape. And, um, I said, you know what, this, this would be a great opportunity to give back to, to, uh, Camp Home Dakota. So there was a tie in there. Um, the second year, like I said, for Parkinson's, my wife's uncle has Parkinson's Okay. third year with breast cancer. My sister-in-law was fighting breast cancer. So every year it just seems like there's something connected. Um, and I just, I enjoy it. It's like, oh, I really, uh, you know, and it's not just me. I can't take the credit. The, so I, I say it's like, uh, like uh, the golf out in groupies. You know, these guys, right. no matter where we go, we go to Fowler's Mill. We've been there for a few years. We went to St. Dennis for a year. We went to Legend Lakes for a year. And now this will be our second year at Manikiki. And these guys pay $150 to golf 18 holes right mm-hmm. and the blue collar most of them are just blue collar guys uh, the kind of guys i want to hang out with you know sure um, and and then they on top of that usually uh, sponsor a hole which we put a little sign next to the tee box that says in loving memory of maybe their dad or their mom or maybe they own a business um and that's what it is it's hundreds of uh people that are that are blue collar and there's some bigger donors uh, I, can't, I can't forget about them but they'll uh they'll donate 500 a thousand 1500 so uh last year we were able to raise like twenty eight thousand, and then dave mortash doubled it so wow. my little tiny golf outing that you know we were we would have been happy to make seven eight thousand the first year for the organization is now making organizations 15 to eighteen thousand dollars and more i'll tell you what that manikiki golf course is a really great course too i was out there last year now let me tell you i had a great time going out there and seeing travis mills and everything but the the really weird part for me last year and, and not to sound bad or anything but i was in a wheelchair still and so i was missing a leg still i didn't even have like a prosthetic yet and so i'm sitting next to travis mills and there's cameras all over the place. I, I'm holding an American flag for Travis and all this kind of stuff. And I got no leg. So now I'm being surrounded by all these people that are going, hey, man, thank you for your service. I appreciate you and everything. <laughs> I'm like, no, it wasn't. I didn't. I'm an idiot radio guy that <laughs> unfortunately stepped on a nail 
and ended up losing my leg because I'm I'm an ass. But you know, these are real heroes that are here. But thank you for coming out to the golf outing. Right. But what you do is like really really cool, and I'm looking forward to seeing it again this year. That course is really really nice, and I know a bunch of those guys that came out last year. Uh, they are blue collar and they are super cool guys. So I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a, a really good time. And like you said about last year, you know that was a really every year it's just special. Um, and but last year was cool, you know, having uh, that hero's welcome for Travis Mills. We had you know seventy bikes guy veteran bikers that picked him up that morning, along with I think we had about fifty police cars. So yeah. every area police department sent a, a cruiser or three and uh just you know um what what a way to give back to to a true a hero and uh you know in regards to the golf outing and uh tia and, and mickey kozlovich they're from mentor here um every year now they give back and they they have a they they cook the thanksgiving dinner for everybody in the house on wow. thanksgiving and they're just so giving uh, and loving. And, and that really, that's the kind of people that, and, and that's, uh, you know, to go back to your question, why do I do that? It, I, I truly, I love being inspired. And when I'm inspired, it just makes me want to, to do more um, for sure. people like that. Right on. Well, Jeff, Jeff, let me ask you about, about the business, of the funeral business itself. And I have a little bit of experience in it. And not just because my father passed, I went to a funeral home, but, but, you know, I worked in that business for a very short time. And I'll tell you, this is where I have a different appreciation than a lot of people. You guys have to deal with every emotion known to man that most of us might deal with once or twice in our lifetime. You know, you have to deal with whole families that are at the, probably the lowest point. You have to soothe them. You have to keep a toughness about yourself, you know, to not get emotional or attached or, but, but not feel cold either. I mean, it's a very, it's a, I did it for three months. I worked over at CSI, which I'm sure you're aware of. And, uh, and I had to, I had to quit. I couldn't, I couldn't get it through my head to disconnect. You know what I mean? And just kind of leave it. How, how is it that you are not so much able to disconnect from what your you know, what, what the actual job is, but to keep such a demeanor so that people going through the hardest time of their lives feel welcomed and feel, feel, you know, don't feel alienated or alone because that's what they're fighting is that, that alienation and that aloneness from losing a loved one. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, in, until you kind of are around the business, like, so my dad was a funeral director and his okay. dad, I'm a fifth generation. So my great, great grandfather was a funeral director and uh, we've been in Cleveland for, you know, they were, they were there in 1892 is when they started the business. Oh, wow. Um, and before that they were a furniture store. That's the original funeral homes for furniture stores, but um, dealing with grief is, um, is it's horrific you know Mm -hmm. you know i don't i just try to listen to people like i used to listen to my grandfather uh make arrangements and it wasn't always what he said but how he listened and um and he listened to the family instead of like you know so if you you can have a good ear instead of just talk 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 um that 
people can sense that you actually are listening and you care about where they've been up until that point. That's what I try to do as a funeral director without making the arrangement take three hours. Sure. I try to understand where they, you know, where, where they were before they came to me with their loved one. And then once they get into my care, um, just getting them through that situation um, and, and giving a, a, whether it's direct cremation or it's a burial or they do the full blown out everything, um, what can we do to celebrate? What can we do to memorialize that person's life? Take a minute because a lot of times we don't take a lot of time to do much anymore. Um, but what can we do for the next few days to remember that person and, and not feel so cold, like you said, like be able to laugh and cry and, and, and hug and, 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 you know, shake hands and, um, you know, rally around this family who's going through, like you said, the, sometimes the worst times in their life. Right. Um, it's an honor for me to do that. Um, and you know, if you're, if you get cold to that, to that part of it, you shouldn't be a funeral director. Right. All right. I, I want to, first of all, I want to say, I put the link to the, uh, the, the golf outing on the, in the comments. So if anybody wants to donate, wants to be part of it, the link is in the comments. Thank um, you, sir. It's a really long link, but I did put it there. Um, and we'll put, put it out on the there. socials as well. So I'll yeah, we'll put it out there as well. But, um, one thing I do want to ask on the spiritual side of things, you talked about praying to God and you know finding you know to lead you towards what you're doing with the golf outing. Now I remember when my mom passed away almost almost 20 years ago. She didn't look like the same mom that I knew the day before after she had passed. It looked like there was a soul that was taken out of her when she was gone. And so is there a spiritual side to this? Do you see that when you deal with this on a day-to-day -day basis? Does, I mean, it seems there has to be a spiritual side to this. Yeah. So as far as like her soul leaving her body, is that it's what you're just, asking? Well, it just looked, she didn't look like the same life that she had. It looked like there was something missing from her. And so, I mean, do you deal with it? People that believe in God or people that don't believe in God? I mean, how does that work? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't push anything on anybody. I'm not a holy roller. I don't try to tell people which way they should go and which way they should, shouldn't. Um, so whatever the people want to do, I mean, we have services where they're non-denominational. I always think it's nice to have a minister, even if it's uh, they're not Catholic or Protestant or, or Lutheran, whatever they might be um to just have somebody but if they don't want that either um then that's okay so um sometimes we we have services um they have a celebration of life at a bar or they have it at their favorite restaurant or um you know but as far as uh the way that are you asking too about the way the person looks like the way your mom looked well, i don't know i mean i don't know how you feel about it i mean how do you personally feel do you feel like there's something missing when somebody dies. It doesn't just look like the same person to me. It didn't look like it looked like there was something there that is not. I think that's because you knew that you knew your mom alive. Yeah, but I think that's <laughs> I look at that way all the time. I think when I go to a, like a funeral or something like that, it looks like there's just an essence, a soul or something to me that is missing. That makes my faith in God 
even more, even stronger, because it looks to me like there isn't. It's yeah. not the same to me when you know somebody passes, and I, I don't know. It, yeah, I mean, I think it's a. It, it's the more you go to funerals, and the more you, um, you know, the more you're around that ritual of looking at the person that's passed away in the casket there's a different feel to it especially if you've been on that other side where you've you know your mom passed away so you got to feel how that feels um to where if you had never had lost your mom and had been going to visitations that would be a completely different feel um and, and an understanding for the friend that you went there to visit um as far as the way they look um you know it, it you, I, my job is that's the most, imp, one of the most important parts of my job is to make sure that your mom looks as good as she can. Um, if, and if for some reason she passed away because of, you know, maybe her liver shut down or something happened and she's jaundice, then I would let you know that it doesn't look like mom, you know, right. and I would, I would, you know, maybe even ask you if you want to close the casket if it doesn't look like her. But um, I do everything I can. I treat your mom just as if it was my mom. And that's the honest truth. And you can ask anybody that's dealt with me um, how much I care about that presentation to the family. And that's why you're successful at it. Thank you. How do people get a hold of you? Are people dying to get in? They can can call me. I give my cell phone right out, uh, the 440-339-7023. They can go to jeffmonrealfuneralhome.com. I have uh, my funeral homes in Painesville, and then I use other facilities in Menor and in Willoughby um, and all, all around the surrounding area. I go to the west side if people need me to um to come out there um i i cremate dogs and cats and oh wow um if somebody loses their their animal i go to their house and even if it's at three in the morning i'm a funeral director and i actually go out there myself and and care for people's pets um you know and that i mean people love their animals Mm -hmm. Uh, so i uh i do that as well I'll tell everybody about the golf outing once again, when and where, and uh, they want to donate. I'll put the link up again. Okay. So, yeah. So uh, it's going to be Friday, July 28th. Uh, the golf outing stop starts at nine. Uh, eight o'clock is the registration. We have a steak dinner. It's at Manikiki Golf Course in Willoughby Hills. Um, I only have a few spots left for the golf outing itself. Um, that I was kind of leaving to Mia, or I'm sorry, Tia and Mickey Kozlovich if they had anybody, but I could probably still fit somebody in if they want to help. If you just want to do a whole sponsorship or maybe you just want to donate $25, $5, it doesn't matter. We get all kinds of donations. Go to that link, and then if you go to that link, then we can actually track it. And again, this is for the Ronald McDonald House here in Cleveland. It's going to be for the Cleveland House. Um, specifically. Fantastic. Well, Jeff, I appreciate you coming on tonight, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely.
and I'm looking forward to actually coming out there. I'm going to try to drive a golf cart. Uh, with yeah, me. yeah, we'll have a cart gassed up ready for you. Because <laughs> I'm assuming I can do it with like my left leg, because you can kind of sit well, where bring, you want. Bring your partner; dish. he can come and he can drive. All right, Chris, <laughs> you you and I can drive around all over. Or you can step on the gas. Yeah, yeah there, there we go. go. <laughs> and the brake. I'll provide <laughs> that leg for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it though. I'm looking forward to seeing you out there, and uh, looking forward yeah. to um, seeing everybody out there having a good time golfing and making some money for the Ronald McDonald House. So thank you, man. Thanks, Thanks guys. Have a great day. Thank you. You, you too. too. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Yeah. I think that's cool. I, think I do good, too. You know. Yeah, that was great. I mean, it, it's it's a great cause. That's the bottom line. Is look, anybody's doing anything on on a charitable level, they're okay with me because there's not enough people doing enough charity, which is part yeah. of the problem we have. You know, you show nine million nine million TikTok videos of people being selfish jagoffs. You know, it's great to see somebody actually doing good things. Yeah, and he does, it's a class act when you go out there. I mean, again, I went there last year for the Travis Mills one, and it was mm-hmm. very cool. Uh, people had a lot of fun, and uh, unfortunately, I couldn't do anything because it's kind of hilly out there. Right. And I was in a wheelchair. There were a couple times where I was slightly concerned about which direction I was going to be heading. Right. Uh, but you but should it, be able to drive. Is, isn't I, I, It's been a million years since I drove a golf cart. Isn't it all backwards to where you could use your other leg? Yeah, I think I could actually do a golf cart. Because yeah. you could just, the bench is just one big bench. Yeah, you could just sit on the other side or straddle the middle or whatever. Yeah, and, there, yeah there you go. Well, I don't know. Perfect. I don't know if you understood or even you understood what I was saying about, you know, like my mom. To me, I did. I did. You, you were talking about the hollow, that hollow look that people have yes, once they pass. There's a difference between somebody mm-hmm. sleeping. Mm hmm. In a very sound sleep, it's not like you're yeah. seeing it, watching them breathe or whatever, but somebody's in a sound sleep and then somebody that has passed. To me, Dude. it looks like there's some sort of life force that's in you that is gone when yeah. somebody dies. Well, and, and that's it, dude. Is I, I can try and explain it because I saw it firsthand happen with my dad. I was there when my dad passed away. And you just saw, I don't know how else to explain it. You just saw, you know, it's cliche, but you saw the light the life just disappear. And like he, he, my, with my dad, he took one last breath, like one last, and that was it gone. And I mean, it was like his eyes went from, I don't know, being active or something to just being there. Like, you know, it was a weird, weird, I don't want to get all morbid on this thing, but it was, it was definitely, I saw it. I mean, that's what I was kind of trying to say. Like when I saw my mom, she went in for, her surgery or whatever mm-hmm. and when she came out she was sleeping right and that's the way that i saw her and then i was out doing other things and all of a sudden they said that she didn't make it i was like well what do you mean she didn't make it well, i just yeah. saw her and right. they said i had to come back to the hospital and she was gone yeah and when i went in there it was such a much it was a tremendously different look mm-hmm. when i saw her when she was just sleeping under anesthesia or whatever, and when she was gone forever. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. It looks like there was that something missing. Yeah. And yeah. it kind of made me reinforce my belief that there is something other than us being here doing our thing right. for, you know, however many years we got. Right. Well, that's why, you, that's why you live for the minute, man. I mean, me and you both know that more than a lot of people. You don't, yeah. live, for, don't live for a week. You live for the minute, and you hope that... You hope that you make it to the next minute because yeah. God knows 
you know, only God knows, I guess. You know, sometimes my wife will get irritated with me because, you know, I'm like, let's go out. Let's go do something. She's like, why? I just want to sit here. Dude, you don't understand. This could be the last time you get a chance to go out and do something. Right. Go out. Yeah. Sitting here isn't going to do you any good. You got time to sleep tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. And you may not wake up from that, so you might as yeah. well have a good time for this day. Enjoy what you got. Yeah. that's. I get that all the time about people that say, you know, about how I accomplish a lot of stuff. You know, whether it's books or businesses or blah, blah, blah. All the day. And you know as well as anybody, I'm always working. Yeah. I'm always working on stuff. I'm always busy. I mean, how many times, being honest, how many times have you called me and, and actually got me to pick up the phone on the first call? Yeah, it, it takes a while. It's it's always a call. I always call back. Yeah, I I literally spend half my day looking at the looking at the uh, recent callers and just going boop 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 <laughs> until they're all white instead of red on my phone. That's how I, that's literally how I run my day. But it's because I'm busy, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Because when I'm when I'm at Monreal Funeral Homes laying in the casket, I can tell you this much: there will not be one person saying. Man, I'll bet he wished he would have done more. Right. There, there will not be a person that will. They can say a lot of things about me. They can say whatever it is. Uh, I bet he wishes he wouldn't eat so much pizza or whatever. But they will not be able to say that's a guy that didn't live his live every minute that he was given. Because I do. Yeah, and you have to. Because man, well, it, you know, I've been dead. You know, you, right. and, and you can relate to it, but I've actually been all the way dead, like shocked right. back to life dead. When you have that in your head, the thought of wasting time is is worse than being dead. The thought of, for me anyway, I, I would rather be dead than sitting around with nothing to do. I would. I, I don't know how to even react to nothing to do. I never don't have anything to do. You know, I don't know how people like, do you know people that like take vacations and they just sit on the beach for a week? Yeah. How? Yeah, I can't do that. I can't sit on the beach for an hour. No. I'll look at, I'll I'll look around. I'll be like, man, I wonder if I could go talk to that guy and do this or that or whatever, you know, and try and find something else. (laughs) You know, there's something. There's gotta be something. See? See how it is? You're trying to put me in the grave, Rick. I see. I see how it is. <laughs> you want Chiselka back, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I know. Nobody, nobody wants that. Uh, raise your hand. No. Uh, but I'm the same way. I, mean, I talk to people. My wife always wants, oh, we can go to like somewhere where there's a beach and lay out there. And, like For what? What is it? Like, if I could sleep out there, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, no, I don't want to lay out by a beach, other than the fact that if I'm going to a beach, it better be a very well-populated beach, and I better have sunglasses nah. so I can look at all the girls that are walking by. Other than that, I got no entertainment. By sitting by mm-hmm. a beach, I want to be doing something at all times. Yeah. Dude, I if took I a... vacation to do stuff that's not here for me to do. I took a cruise with my ex back in 2010. And when I took <laughs> the cruise, I... um. You know, it, we we went to we it, it embarked or what whatever you call that took yeah. off from Orlando or right, right by Orlando there, Kissimmee, and um and it went to wherever Nassau or somewhere and wherever Atlantis is the big Atlantis hotel yeah 
And we went there and then we came back. It was like a five-day cruise or whatever. And we had five more days that we stayed in Florida. And we got we went all out for it. We got the really nice cabin with the with the balcony and stuff on it and you know, we did all the crap. I could not have been more bored. <laughs> I would, you know, every day my ex was like, "Oh, I just want to lay out here in the sun and watch the waves and watch the see if I see any dolphins and this and I was like, "Oh my god. Does this TV work?" You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was so bored. I was so bored. And then when when it got to be night, she didn't like to do the night stuff like me. I was like, let's go to the comedy room. Let's go to the karaoke room. Let's go to wherever. Because I wanted to do something. She never wanted to do it. So it was just this miserable trip. But we, we went, and then we had five extra days that we were in Florida before we came back home. That was like the greatest thing in the world for me because we went to NASA and we took the NASA tour and, you know, checked out all the different, they had like actual rockets there. I got to right. get on the space shuttle, you know, I mean, it was like, it was like the coolest thing ever to actually get on the space shuttle was like, but that to me was heaven. And when we got back, she was like, this is the worst trip ever. I was just so bored once we got off the boat. And I was like, <sighs> it was like right. the only time I wasn't bored. Right. I was like, <laughs> you know, but it, but it's because it was the only time we were doing something. Yeah, my ex and I took a it was an all inclusive trip to the Dominican. It was actually kind of nice because the radio station paid for it. Right. But, uh, the only thing, well, it was not TAM. It was the other radio station I worked for. But nice thing that they did, and we went. And she wanted to go sit by the pool and have her hair braided and stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, I cannot sit by the pool. So next thing you know, I found like a hut in the middle of the Dominican that was doing, like, massages. And, like, I could have been killed, raped, and murdered in this this freaking hut in the middle of nowhere in the Dominican. But it was nice. I had to go out and do something. I just can't yeah. sit there. Yeah, sitting home just sucks. My wife always asks me, why do you want... Disney is on my bucket list of things to go back to because I haven't been to Disney in 40 years. I, in Orlando? Yeah, and I, I want to go. I love Disney, everything except for the fact that their politics suck ass, and I hate them for doing that. But you better get that, you better get more Tosh to give you a second mortgage on that house to, yeah, so that you can afford to go. We can afford to go, um, <laughs> but I mean, so I love Disney stuff, and I want to go either on a Disney cruise or go to Disney itself. And she's like, "Why would you want to do that? We can go to like Hilton Head. We can lay on the beach and stuff like that." Because I can't sit there and do that. Right, I have to have stuff to do. Yeah. I am like a 12-year-old. I, I need to be occupied with stuff. Yeah. And it's not even like anybody can take you to like a restaurant or something and go, oh, let's try this, you know, Panamanian food or something, you know, whatever it would be. Some Something that you haven't done before because anything outside of McDonald's is something you haven't done before. Absolutely. I can handle 90 minutes laying on the beach on like Hilton Head Island because I can run and bike on the sand. Like, one, I'm not running or biking on the sand, so that's yeah. not going to happen for me. And I like Hilton Head Island. I, I was... Yeah. I was there two weeks before I almost died, and mm-hmm. I loved it while I was there. Yeah. But I, I can't sit there like that. Yeah, well, when, when we went to Nassau, um, we we were we went to the beach one day, you know, or one afternoon or whatever. I don't even remember how long we were there. We went to the beach the one afternoon and just nothing. You know, I was bored to tears. Thirteen seconds after we got to the, you know, we we got to the beach. The water was warm. It was great. Nice, clean, clear water, like the clearest water you ever been in. Right. All the things you see on TV, and you're like, oh, that's nice, right? 
that fascination lasted about 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. It lasted till I saw the first fish in the water. I was like, okay, it's so clear you can see the fish. Now what? <laughs> you know, then I was at now what stage? I was so bored. <laughs> so tell us your perfect vacation for a week. I'll, I'll do that, Jim. I, oop, I have none. I don't do vacations because I hate them. I, 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 and again, I'm probably a workaholic, so I'm a bad one to ask that. But the most perfect vacation I've ever had, and I don't think I could do this anymore because I just can't drink this way anymore. But me and my ex used to take separate vacations because we just knew we couldn't stand each other for 52 straight weeks. <laughs> so when she would take a vacation, she would it'd be her and the kids would take a vacation. I would take a week off of work. I would fill my refrigerator with TV dinners and booze. And I would just watch movies. I would go to, back then it was go to Blockbuster. And I would rent like 20 movies. And I would sit on my couch getting hammered for like a week straight, just getting, just getting hammered, you know, getting hammered, sleeping during the day, waking up two in the morning, watching another movie, get hammered again. That was all I wanted to do. And by the middle of that, I was bored. I was like, I had, there were several of those vacations that I ended up going back to work early just because I didn't want to be home. It's just boring. All right. Uh, now they're asking me what my perfect vacation would be. Yeah. I mean, okay, I, I'm going to be realistic. I mean, if, I'm, mm -hmm. if I want to say perfect vacation, I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to sit somewhere with a buffet and 40 <laughs> half-naked women surrounding me feeding yeah. me all day long. But okay, real vacation, I, I, I'm going to say what my, my bucket list is. I want to go to Disney. I want to stay in, like, a Disney property mm -hmm. with my wife and my daughter, and I want to be able to take the monorail over to the parks and, I want to be able to afford to go eat there. I want to be able to afford, you know, to actually buy some shit. And I want to go on some of the rides like I did as a kid. I want to live that childhood dream that I really yeah. want to have back again. And, you know, for a week, I think that would be my ideal thing. One, I know that my family would have a good time. Sure. Now, the problem now is walking all, all that stuff would be mm -hmm. a hassle, but I'm sure that they have some sort of, handicap remedy for for people like me they got the buggy don't they or the little the little scooter thing i'm sure they have something like that down there they could you know sure ride they do yeah you know, i hate to sound like you know, I'm five but i mean that would be like my i have so many great memories as a kid of just loving that kind of stuff sure that i want that now because i it feels unattainable to me yeah. and that would be you know i, I don't want to go like paris i don't want to go uh, overseas yeah. anywhere there's nowhere that i want to i don't really, i don't want to go to hawaii or anything mm -hmm. I, I just want to that would be it if i could get rid of all the politics that disney has that would be even better but yeah and not have to worry about dying just by being there because <laughs> you're you're in the wrong you're in the wrong neighborhood in disney i hate to tell you but <laughs> Jeez, Seth, you the house nowadays yeah, yeah that's true and they they have really outpriced the normal family yeah yeah, Disney's not – I mean, there was a time when, you know, I mean, you remember even 10 years ago, all the athletes, I'm going to Disney World. Ain't nobody going to Disney World anymore. <laughs> you know, well, I, honestly, it's not really a destination anymore. Look, my dad took my daughter years ago, and they, they were – they had a great time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had – but they stayed, like, at Hilton property, so they didn't stay, like, on Disney property. Right. 
and you know my dad had like Hilton Rewards or whatever, so they were able to get a good room for I guess you know fairly inexpensive whatever it was, and they took her and she had a great time. Uh, but I want to immerse myself in the experience like I did as a child once again. That would be my my perfect vacation. Yeah. Well, did Molly enjoy her first game? Yes, Molly enjoyed her first baseball game yesterday without rain. It was the first time she went to a baseball game and it didn't rain, so that was good. Well, that's cool. You know, I mean, you know, I, I, it looked, I mean, from the pictures anyway, it looked like you guys were having a good time, so. I don't think I talked to her for five minutes. Really? <laughs> yeah, she sat in, like, the front row of the loge, and I sat in the back, just kind of right. sitting on my phone and <laughs> looking at stuff, and... Uh, eating i mean that was pretty much it and she was actually enthralled with the game right and let's face it five minutes that's about three and a half innings these days yeah really i mean game started 140 we were out of there and home and we were on you know in a parking garage so by the time we got out of the game into the car out of the garage and back to broadview heights we were home by five o'clock wow that's crazy stopping at a gas station Wow. So we were home by five, though. Yeah, it's it, it, it's crazy how fast the game is. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still not sold on it. I know a lot of people like the like the pitch clock. I just hate that the guys don't hit as well because they're they're constantly rushing themselves to get into the batter's box. Yeah, it's a little odd, but again, I, I, I mean, I, it moved the game moved a little you know quicker, obviously. So I guess it's good. I'd rather do that than sit there for six, seven hours watching. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the long. The long games I'm for. I, I'm for like the whole, even though it, it just ruins the statistics of all the people in history. I'm for like the starting the extra innings with the guy on second. You just have to drive him in to win. You know, yeah. I'm actually for all that. That's actually okay. I just don't like them rushing. The pitchers don't pitch as well anymore because they're rushing to throw the ball. You could tell you know, that. Yeah, you, you could absolutely tell that. You know, and that's why if you look at all the all the guys that are you know were formerly great. Look at the guy, the guy here for the Indians, um, Bieber. Yeah. He's, um, you know, he sucks this year. Yeah. He didn't look great yesterday either, either. Cause I mean, again, sometimes these guys need to catch their breath a little bit, take a little yeah. minute behind the mound. And, but you can't now. Well, there's dude. I, I mean, this is so subtle, but you remember in the old days, every, every year that you've ever watched baseball, except for this year, you would see the pitcher, with his arm behind his back, fumbling with the ball to get the ball in the right position in his in his hand, and then he'll take the, you know, he'll he'll do the wind up thing from yeah. there. You don't see him doing that with the ball anymore. He just they just take it and they grab it and they throw it because they only have what fifteen seconds or whatever, you know, to throw the ball. And and what it what it really translates to is. These guys aren't getting the same grip on the ball, so they're not throwing as crisp of a curveball or as cutting of a slider as they used to. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it is a different game. It is. And I don't like rule changes, but I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this one. Uh, do we have Serena Talia? I texted on, her guy, and I haven't heard back, so I don't All know. All right, it is, it is. So yeah. let's take a quick break, and then uh, if nothing else, we've got to talk about Justin Bibb saying it's Republicans' fault that people get shot. Well, he's right. Uh, okay. We'll He's right absolutely right. Yeah, we'll be back. <laughs> Are you looking for a way to support the Seth Williams Show? Get your Seth Williams Show merchandise today. From coffee mugs to clothing and everything in between, our high-quality merch is the perfect way for you to not only support the show, but show everyone what is the greatest show going today. 
Just go to shop.thesethwilliamshow.com now, shop around, and buy some great merchandise from The Seth Williams Show. Shop today. Hey, it's Seth. And I appreciate you watching today. And you can make a difference. For just $4.99 a month, you can help save someone's life today. It really does count. Every dollar matters. And you can change someone's life. Not these ridiculous dogs. Those are actor dogs. I'm talking about myself and Chris Aiken. I can barely afford a shave and a haircut or sleeves on a shirt sometimes. We could use your assistance today. Just go to the Odyssey app. Go to the Odyssey website. O-D-Y-S-E-E. Just $4.99 a month can change the world for someone today. Myself and Chris Aiken. We'll give you extra content. We'll give you bonus footage. We'll give you new episodes. Subscribe to the Odyssey channel today. Thank you. Everybody, it's Don Dockin. When I'm feeling nostalgic, I always go to Pinball PA. You gotta go check it out. It's a lot of fun. Stop what you're doing and start making memories at Pinball PA, located at 2284 Broadhead Road, Suite 10B in Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. We have over 420 video games and pinball machines to play and all games are set to free play, so no quarters or tokens are needed. Pinball PA is open six days a week, and is the best and most affordable entertainment spot in all of Western Pennsylvania. Check out our website at www.pinballpa.com for more details. Come visit Pinball PA today. Initials up. Guarantees and Signs has become your complete one-stop sign shop. Call Jimmy at 216-299-9344. Their friendly and professional staff can and will help you build your company brand and identity from start to finish. One stop means you get a complete package from one location. Custom logo design, vehicle graphics, banners, t-shirts, storefront marquees, and so much more. Aaron Tees and Signs, 4883 Turning Road. Call us at 216-299-9344. It was good, man. Have you ever, have you ever been in a fight before? Yeah. I mean, you're Mexican, bro. Where are you from? I'm Colombian. Colombian. Okay, there we go. Were you from Colombia? You. Uh... I was born in Miami Beach, but my family's from Bogota. So, are you Colombian? Yeah, my whole family's Colombian. Okay, are you sure you're Colombian? What What is Colombian? What is the ethnicity of Colombian? Is it just Colombian? Is that... So, what you're saying is you're a fucking American. You're a fucking American with Hispanic roots. And if you're a fucking Colombian, get your ass back to fucking Colombia. That guy, uh, that guy tells it how it is. <laughs> I like that. Uh, if you haven't seen that guy, I can't remember his name. Strickland or something or other, but he, uh, he, uh, he's got a lot of videos out there. He's an MMA guy and just kind of tells it how it is. I love the MMA for that. They just don't play this game. Yeah. They just do not play that game. I mean, constantly. They they will not play the race game. They will not play the politics game. I'll give it to Dana White. I mean, he's done some shady stuff here and there, but man. 
Yeah, beating women probably not the best move. No, I get you know, like I said, he's done some shady stuff on his own, but he sure well, is like letting him. the yeah. he ain't letting the crap into his leagues and and say what you will about it, but I can't get enough of power slap. Uh, why not just limit the game to ninety minutes and it's over? Ruin the fucking game again, catering to the minority who doesn't like baseball but likes going to an event, and the Guardians suck. <laughs> Indians, Jim. Indians. <laughs> Look, man, I, I don't want to talk bad about I like Francona. I like the players. It's not their fault that the name was changed. Um, you know, management caved. You're right. They did what they did. And But I, as far as making it 90 minutes, and get, it was still fun being at the ballpark. There is still sure. fun about the air out there and the hot dogs and just seeing the field and all that kind of stuff. It was something fun about being at the ballpark. Yeah. No, of course. It's fun. I mean, dude, it's it's a fun time. I hate that I had to move relocate my, my team to San Diego because I can't go to games anymore, but I can't support it. I can't I can't jump in with the woke. I can't do it. So there's a great fast pass for the rides that you can use. You will only wait an hour for new Star Wars rides for <laughs> regular people. Wait three hours. There is that. <laughs> Look, man, I'll take advantage of anything that this chopping off the leg thing can get me. At this point, everybody else takes advantage of the system. I'm sure it's all going to do it. I haven't gotten much out of this leg being chopped. Well, I did get a house. Uh, but, yeah, I was going to say, you got, you got more than most. <laughs> so, I mean, if there's any benefit to getting the leg chopped off, so be it. Do you got a handicap placard for your car? I do. Dude, I'll tell you where you need to go. The MGM. I've been there, and yes, it's super-duper easy to, to use that there. You just go right up, pull right up, and they'll valet your car. Yeah. For nothing. What did I watch? Oh, I watched the greatest movie ever last night. I think it was from, like, 1979 or something. Okay. It was called The Crippled Masters. Okay. It was one of those old karate kind of... Kung Fu yeah, yeah. movies. Okay. Where the, you know, they dub the, the words in. Yeah, no. yeah those yeah, movies. And, and so, but it was about these two guys. One has his arms ripped off by the evil guy, and then one has his legs ripped off by the evil guy. And they become crippled masters. I've seen this movie. Yeah, so and- I literally was rolling <laughs> around the house last night because I had my leg off, and I was in the wheelchair rolling around the house like trying to like cripple master kick my wife and daughter right. on the house yeah. and it was like the best thing ever <laughs> yeah there's like the one cool. guy with no legs and he's just crawling around chopping people in kneecaps and stuff and yeah. swinging on on like i've seen crippled masters if it's too funny if you haven't seen it you got to look it up and find it It was on turner movie classic last night. nice crippled and it was masters. like the greatest thing ever but i was literally rolling around the house with no leg on trying to karate kick my wife and daughter <laughs> nice I call myself the next crippled bastard. I'm gonna make the remake. You're the crippled bastard, right? The crippled bastard. <laughs> Watch the Godfather. Yeah, no, I still have not gotten the movies from Chris. I will. They're still sitting in my car. <laughs> I will get them. Um, all right, so I'm kind of you piqued my interest. Um, yeah. Mayor Bibb, what's his name? Leon Bibb. Justin. It's Justin. not Leon Bibb. Leon Bibb was like the channel oh, no. eight announcer or whatever. Bibb, whatever. Yeah cocky bastard that he is because i've met him a couple of times and he was very cocky very cocky towards trip too yeah um happy monday to you both well thank you you too uh he came out and said because 400 people were shot in cleveland over the weekend 
that it's Republicans' fault. Absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, you said that no. I'm 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 a hundred percent kidding. I'm a hundred percent. Look, here's a gun. Here you go. Right here, loaded, ready to shoot somebody. I guess. And you know what? I've had that gun for, I think, eleven years now. Yeah. And I voted Republican in the last two elections. And guess what? That gun hasn't shot anybody. No, not yet. No. Oh. Neither is the one in my bedroom. Neither is the one in my in my living room. So you haven't walked out of the house, walked into a store, and started shooting people. No, absolutely you didn't go not. To West Six last night and start shooting up people as they walked out of bars. No, absolutely have not. And I'll tell it even more clear. His his justification is that the the uh, concealed carry law or the now open carry law, whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah. I open carry everywhere. Because I don't trust anybody. Honestly, I just don't. I see, I watch enough enough YouTube and, um, and Twitter and TikToks and stuff to know that you're an idiot if you're in your car and you own a weapon and you don't have it with you in a state that you're allowed to have it with you. You're just, you're just asking to, to have a problem. And so I just don't. I, I, I always carry. And guess what else is that law has been in, in, in place since what? January, January 1st, I think. Yeah. All right. I'm yet to shoot anybody. No, I well, haven't done it. According to uh, Mark, he changed his, uh, his views on, on this, on Bloom Daddy's show today. I wouldn't even reach out to this guy. Cause I don't have any interest in talking to no. her, bib. You know, I, I just don't care. I, what I care about is that not a flip-flopper asshole who decides that he's going to change his tune because he goes on the radio. I care about a guy that uh, made the comment to begin with. And the comment right. to begin with was that it's Republicans' fault. And so I don't care how many times you change your tune. I don't care where you change your tune at. Right. Uh, that doesn't matter to me. I mean, I'm sure that Carmen did a great job of kissing his fucking balls and sucking his sure. ass and everything else. And say what a great Mary is, and all this. I'm sure Bloom Daddy did the same, and they were great and talked how great he is. And well, that's good that you changed your tune because it was, you know, not really Republicans' fault. I'm sure they did a lot of ass kissing and everything else. And so I, I, I don't care what he said to begin with. It's how he felt, and it is what it is. Yeah. Well, he's he's doing what Democrats do, which is take a take a you know a situation and turn it for for political gain. And that's just what he did. He turned it for political gain. There's no reason to say that. There's no reason, even if it was true, which it's not. But let's just say for the sake of argument, the the the, the shooter was screaming, I'm a Republican and this is why I'm shooting people. <laughs> if he was yelling that in the street while he was shooting people, the night of the event is not the night to make a political statement. It's just not. You know what you're supposed to do, Mayor Dumbass? You're supposed to say, this is a horrible tragedy. We feel for the families. We're not going to make any further comment right now because we want everybody's concern to be for the families. That's what you're supposed to say. And then if you want to come out on Wednesday and say, this law is bullshit. We need to change it. We need Then fine. Then you can have your, your argument or this or that. Doing this nonsense that literally before the blood is dry in the street that guy's a dick. Point blank and simple. He's mere dickhead. That's who he is. Just a, another political pundit trying to get power.
He didn't really change. He glossed over it, Mark. I, one, I would listen to that show if you paid me to listen to it. Uh, two, I, I, I don't know what he said, and I could care less what he said. What he said was mm-hmm. that it was Republicans' fault. Yeah. And that's obviously what he meant when it happened. He knows his city is not safe. I, I mean, it's not safe. It's, it's, I, I've never been nervous going downtown. Never. Until the last time I went downtown, and it's been a while now for me that I haven't been downtown. Last time I went downtown was when Dave Landau was playing at Hilarities, was performing at Hilarities. That was somewhere between Christmas and, and Thanksgiving, so November, December time frame. And I really was nervous getting back to my car. I was really, really nervous about going into the parking garage and it's not, not like I was in some obscure place either. I was in the parking garage directly across the street from the House of Blues. So, you know, that's a pretty pretty populated parking garage, I would think, right? Because everybody that, that goes to any of those businesses on West 4th, or the, you know, is that West 4th the one where the, where the road has actually got the, the stumps up that you can't drive down? I believe, yeah. If, if that's West 4th, that's where, that's where I was. And I, the parking garage right across the street from the House Blues, which is right there on the corner. And I'm telling you, I felt very nervous because it was one time I didn't have my pistol with me because you can't take your pistol into the business. Right. So, you know, I was like, literally as we were going in, I was like, I was telling Kelly, I was like, if something if something breaks off, you just take off and you get my car and you get my pistol, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because the car, because the pistol was in the car. You know, it's like, I'm not going to, uh, but I, but I've never felt like that in all my years. And dude, you used to run the flats too. Oh yeah. Did you ever feel de- scared? Not, not scared. Scared's not the word, but did you ever feel like you were close to a problem? Well, I mean, it was one time where somebody chased me across the parking lot, but it was like three 30 in the morning. I shouldn't have been there to begin with. Right. Uh, but no, I mean, going downtown never frightened me. Yeah. I mean, and- and now I would go, no. I would not take my daughter downtown now. Absolutely, for anything. absolutely correct. And part of my childhood again was going downtown at Christmas time and mm-hmm. seeing the lights and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the lights at Tower City, or and it was yeah, and going shopping down there, and it was yeah. just it was fun. And now I don't think that I would do that with my kid. Mm-hmm. I haven't. I haven't taken her down there in like how many years, dude? I, I I'm the same with Akron too. To be honest, have you been to Akron lately? No, Akron's another, you know, I used to well, be, Akron, but I wouldn't go at night. I used to be like a fixture in Akron on those Friday nights at lock three where they have the concerts, Yeah, you know, and they, I guess they still have them, but I used to, I mean, I was down there damn near every, every week. Cause there's always something fun. And I, and I was never that guy that just wanted to stay home. So I used to constantly go, you know, I didn't care. Hey, it's a Chicago tribute band. Cool. Let's go. You know, I would just go, just to go and have something to do and have a couple of beers and meet some friends. Now, forget it. And it's not that I'm afraid of being there. It's more more getting out of there. Yeah. It's like, it's dangerous now. Bib had to wipe his ass when he left TAM. It wouldn't shock <laughs> me. <laughs> well, at least right. we sent Bloom Daddy a new listener this week. We did. Yeah, that was funny. We had a guy complain. Uh, I don't know if it was a guy or a girl. It was a uh, joint account. Yeah. Who complained about the uh, the show or said it's. Well, actually, he said both shows suck. Yeah. He yeah. said we're no better than Bloom Daddy. No better than Bloom Daddy. 
And, which is fine. I, I guess you can compare me to No, don't compare me. But well, just don't compare me to a sidekick. Yeah. Please, dear God. Um, but, yeah, it was a joint account. And I, I get a kick out of these joint accounts. If you have a joint account, I'm sorry. If you're listening now, I apologize to you. But I can't stand you. Yeah. What the hell are you doing? I mean, like, if I can't trust my wife to have her own friggin' Facebook account or she can't trust me to have my own Facebook account. Yeah. There's a serious problem. You might as well just file for divorce now. Yes. Because you're, 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 that's where you're going. You're going to divorce. If, if you don't have basic enough trust to have a social media account without your wife holding your balls in her purse, then you're a douche (laughs) and you might as well get divorced. And that guy trying to be Weisenheimer guy to us, I wasn't. And it's funny because you told me about it. When you first told me about it, I laughed. And then when I saw it, I got annoyed. And that's why I just kind of went off on him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Akron is rough, man. I stopped going to the fairs and bands and lock three Ducks game and I'm out. Yeah. Even Ducks games. I, I, I'll go to a Ducks game on a Saturday afternoon. Because, but only, I will tell you this, only if I'm parked right across the street. Because, again... I don't want to be walking those streets of Akron. <laughs> I just don't want to do it. See, the sad part is there's really some good stuff downtown in Akron. They've done some there good is. changes in, in downtown Akron. My wife is from down there, and we've gone down there. There's a great deli, Diamond Deli. Mm-hmm. Remember downtown Akron? you got to go to the Diamond Deli. It's the most amazing sure. food. But, again, at night, when trouble starts happening, you don't want to be in downtown Akron. Right. Well, it's it's the kids. Didn't they, isn't that wasn't that the problem that they had earlier or was it last year where they had all the young kids that were that were gathering and then just causing problems so they made a curfew? Didn't they make yeah. a curfew in Akron because of this, right? We should do it everywhere. Yeah, well, I'm I'm all for that. I mean, really what they ought to do is start imposing some real sentences on these criminals. All right, maybe I'm stupid. Okay. Or not old enough. But I don't remember the youth of our generation acting the way that the youth of this generation acts. Oh, we didn't. I don't remember the... You always had gangs. You always had that kind of stuff. But you don't have <clears throat> the thugs that create the kind of problems you have now when it comes to robbing, when it comes to breaking windows down, when it comes yeah. to the, the kind of shit that they pull. These days, I don't remember that happening when we were young. Maybe Somebody tell me if I'm wrong. Maybe it happened all the time. We did not have it, and I and I can tell you why we didn't have it. Because there was always a parental person in nine out of every ten kids' homes that would crack you hard when you acted like that. You know, I, I mean, I get, dude, I, I've never met your dad a day in my life. And I know if you were out there doing something really stupid, stealing cars or something, or, or damaging property, if you were just out, kicking over tombstones or something in whatever the local cemetery was. Your dad got wind of it. He would have, he would have, A, he would have cracked you. And then B, you would have been grounded doing the worst kind of horse shit stuff for the next probably year. Yeah. And he would have caught, he would have made you call every person that you did it to and apologize. You would have been held to a standard of consequence. There's no standard of consequence anymore. Well, but it goes back to everything, though. I mean, it goes back to even the youth now doesn't want to work the way that they. No, that of course not. We did when we were younger. The, the 
attitude towards jobs, the attitude towards family, the attitudes towards life in general is not yeah. the same. No. And again, maybe I just missed it because I wasn't one of those kids. So maybe I, I missed it. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it's been going on all along. I don't know. You know, that's what my daughter will tell me. Well, you're just old. It's been this way all the time. No, it hasn't. I don't no, it think hasn't. It has. It has not been. I, I look. I was a bad kid. I'll. I, you know. I don't know how bad you were, but I was a bad kid. I wasn't good. Pot deal. I was a pot dealer. I was definitely a drug dealer as a kid. You know, that's what I did. I mean, I don't, I didn't sell hard drugs, but I definitely sold pot to anyone that would buy it in school, out of school. You know, it didn't matter to me. At the college, I used to go to Kent State on Saturdays to sell weed. I mean, that was kind of, that was my thing. Was I worked at a church? I made one hundred twenty dollars every two weeks. I took that one hundred twenty, bought weed, sold it for five hundred, and I just kept doubling my money out. Right. You know, that was what I did, and that was from the time I was like fourteen years old on. You know, so I was a bad kid. Got in a million fights. Got in suspended. Got suspended from school every single year, all twelve years of school or thirteen. Even kindergarten for throwing a desk at a teacher. You know, I mean, I was a, I was your, per, your definition of a bad kid in the, in the late seventies up into the mid eighties. I was a bad kid. And whenever I got caught doing stuff, I would get the hammer. I mean, it was the hammer came down on me. Right. And, and I think, you know, and again, I'm not trying to justify the bad stuff that I did do. But there was no bailout either. Do you know today if the kids, the kids of today, like when they were burning down Cleveland, you know, yeah. back in 2020 or whatever, was that 2020, 2021, whatever year that was when suddenly COVID went away so that they could burn down the city. Yeah. You know, that time um, you had the parents of these people coming out and saying, well, they're disenfranchised and they're, they have the right to be angry. None of them were saying where is my kid? Why is he doing that? <laughs> you know, I'm going to, you know, you, you see the old videos of like, um, you know, the, the older generation when their kids acted up and you see the, you know, when the kid gets arrested, like on good times or something back in the seventies or whatever. And what do you see? The father goes in there, grabs JJ by the ear and yanks him out of the, out of the jailhouse, <laughs> knowing that he's going to get an ass whooping. You know, that's what we had to deal with. Now it's just like they want you to be an asshole. Yeah, he probably does want to know that. <laughs> Bill Wills had trouble this morning in the TAM parking garage at 4.30 a.m. I wouldn't shock me. I mean, No. Where is TAM now? Where is it? Is it in Euclid. Tower City? That's on Euclid. Oh, wow. Oh. On Euclid, like, in, like they're on the first floor, I think, so you can see the studios on the, on the ground and everything. Okay. And then there's a parking garage right next to it that, you know, yeah. it's free, I guess, for them to park in. So sure. I wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me at all. That would shock me. Dude, I mean, Wait back till the when... weather gets bad and all these homeless people and everything else and the thieves are going to these uh, parking garages where it's nice and dry where they can kick some ass and take your money. Yeah, and take your car. Just take your car, steal it, run it out of gas, but it'd be a warm place to sleep. Yeah, I, dude, it's, it's, I mean, it's always, there's always been some semblance of danger in downtown Cleveland. Like, you know, I, I was obviously at CBS, at the CBS block, which is over there on, was that East Huron, I guess? You know, I think. Yeah. Like 9th and Huron. Yeah, it was over there. Yeah. And, um, 
and there was that parking garage across the street there that was dangerous as hell. You know, it was it was definitely, and the elevator was always broke too. So yeah. a lot of times you had to go up the steps, and there was always homeless guys in the stairwells. Always homeless guy. Now, hey, bro, can you give me five bucks? Is just keep on walking. But literally, you ended up doing the the kind of pirouette spin on the steps <laughs> to make sure this guy didn't follow you. You know, and and at that time I didn't have a gun, so I used to carry a knife with me just in case. You know, just in case I needed something on the on the fly because I was definitely not scared, but you know, conscious of what was going on. Now. A knife or a gun, I don't honestly it's not enough. They need to have they need to literally have cops on the corners back to that day, don't you think? Yes, I absolutely agree. I, I mean, didn't they from what I heard, this thing that they had, um this incident that they had over the weekend, there were cops there, weren't there? Yeah, and uh but people were getting shot all, all over the place over the weekend. Even over by the the ballpark people were shot. Yeah. Boxing moved their Foxtrot 5K to the Cleveland Zoo due to runners did not feel safe on the route. And it was from the flats to Lakeside and beside Yeah, I, I believe that. Of course. Who wants to run down there? Look, I mean, you're, and, you're running down there just to get the hell out of the crime scene. And I'm not trying to be a dick. Look, Cleveland is a very nice town. There's a lot of good stuff about downtown Cleveland. A lot of pretty things downtown. I love, well, the Rock Hall is a wasted space. I wish they would do more. Well, they are. They're putting 50,000 more square feet in there. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Can't wait to never visit that. Uh, for the, is that the hip-hop wing? It uh, probably is. Uh, <laughs> the Madonna wing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it could be so great. Yeah. Uh, but So there's a lot of great things about downtown Cleveland. But the fact that it's not safe is not good. No. And the fact that we have a mayor who would rather pass it along and say it's the Republicans' fault rather than take responsibility for the fact that he doesn't have enough cops mm-hmm. down there and he doesn't have enough uh, foresight to keep everything safe. I mean, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of ways to keep all these things and bars and everything safe down there. Yeah, there are. And one of the biggest ways is actual cops in pre- like not undercovers either. Because I keep hearing that too about – we had cops on the scene, but they're all undercovers. Well, that doesn't encourage anybody to keep moving and not act like an idiot. Have cops on horses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, or just in uniform. Wow. Just even just in uniform. What is what is wrong with having the cops in the? Uh, dude, how many baseball games you been to in your life? Oh, a bunch. Like a hundred? Yeah, probably. When you were leaving Jacobsfield, because I'm assuming it was back in the Jake days. Of course. When you were when you're when you were leaving Jacobs Field, remember how everybody came out in mass, but every fifty people there was a cop. Yes, there was always a cop. Now think about this for a minute. Did you ever see a problem? No. no. That was with ten to thirty thousand people exiting. A lot of them drunk. A lot of them angry half the time because the Indians weren't always winning. So you had angry, drunk people in mass walking out into the street, and there was never an issue. You, know, you always felt safe. My wife and I stayed at a hotel downtown, went to a sure. game, and we sat outside on a bench just talking to people as they were walking by mm-hmm. and out because you didn't feel like there was going to be a problem. I yeah. hung outside at Tower City one day after a baseball game. Yeah, I hung out with a couple of Red Sox players who were staying at the Ritz or the Renaissance, one of the sure. two there, and they walked out of Tower City. I recognized him. They sat and talked to us for 20 minutes. 
and you didn't feel like there was going to be a problem. Right. Now you wouldn't stop in front of now you wouldn't stop in front of Tower City to tie your shoe. No, because you saw cops inside of Tower City. You saw cops mm-hmm. outside. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's 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 not the same. And it didn't feel like a prison either. It, you know, because that's always the argument is well, I don't want to live in a prison state. It didn't feel like a prison state to have no. police just keeping things moving. It never I, did. I have not seen police on horses after Browns games for a few years. Yeah. Well, I don't know what you think, but I think that the, the when this really changed was when the Cavs won the championship. Once they had all those people down there, that's when I stopped seeing so many cops down there. <clears throat> I saw a big change after that because the city lost their ass in security money. <clears throat> and then it just, you know, and then it just disintegrated from there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think... Uh... I don't know when it changed because I stopped going downtown. Yeah. Um, I know that for a lot of years when I worked in Tower City, it was really fun. And I was able to actually go downtown and enjoy being downtown and shopping and everything else was fun. Right. I was able to go down to like the the, uh, food court down there and get food and not Mm -hmm. feel like uncomfortable. And then the last time that I was at Tower City with Triv, by the way, but he left. Right. uh, But you know, I walked through Tower City. I was terrified. I was afraid that somebody was going to get hit, sure, and, and dropped and robbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just gotten scary down there, man. I, I I wouldn't be down there on purpose anymore. You know, I I got to have an exact reason to go. Well, even with the Landau show, when I went to the Landau show, I found out exactly what time he was going on on the stage. And I got down there exactly when the, when he started. Not a minute. And then, you know, that's so, for me anyway, and probably for you too, that is so different than how we were raised. You know, when, I mean, dude, if you were going to an event, whatever it be, a Cavs game, a Indians game, a comedy show, a concert, whatever it was, you'd usually be down there by like about five o'clock, right? Yeah. Go down, get a get a dinner, get a drink, maybe two. Game you know, time. That's what I'm getting her now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's literally if I was to go to a concert at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, I would find out what time the band is going on stage. And I would not show up 20 minutes before then. I would literally time it so that I don't have any time to interact with Riff Raff. Have just enough time to get in, get checked in and get to my seat. And hopefully, as I'm sitting down, the lights drop. That's yep, what that's absolutely. that's the way I want it. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> it was a damn even made Cleveland one unsafe. Yeah. Well, look, here's the other problem that we have, and, and maybe it goes back to what I was saying earlier about the youth of today. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's just Cleveland. No, it's that's not. That's why this asshole mayor, who apparently changed his tune with people sucking his ass today, um, said it's Republican fault. You can't blame Chicago. <laughs> On yeah. Republicans, you can't play. What are you doing? It's the youth of today. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and play the race game, but it is the youth of today that are causing this problem. They're shooting people all over the place. Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether you take away AR 15s or not. No. AR 15s aren't the problem. Well, like you said, or like I said, here's one that didn't shoot anybody this weekend. <laughs> it's right here. 
you know. And, how did that happen? Because because I voted I voted Republican in the last two elections. Apparently that that gun should have murdered somebody this weekend. It's my fault. And Richard says the city is only eight hundred police officers short. Would you want to be a cop now? You'd have to pay me a lot. Now, if you're a cop, they want to blame you for everything. Yeah. You now, shoot a criminal, and you're the criminal. Well, and, and that's the that's another scary part of it is those cops that were down in because they like they said there was plenty of cops in the middle of it. If those cops would have seen this guy draw and shooting and shot this guy, they're automatically being sued. They're automatically going to be sued by the family and the um, NAACP and, uh, you know, whatever caucus and whatever, <coughs> whatever advocacy group there is out there. They're going to be sued. So if you know you're going to be sued, what are you going to do? I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to let him shoot everybody before yeah, I'm no. going to step in. <laughs> <clears throat> Run out of bullets, then I'll tackle you. You would like to think that the cops should do their jobs, but they're not allowed to do their jobs. So I, you know, dude, would you do your tough. job? Would you, whatever your job was, would you do that job if the odds were 50 50 that just doing that job could land you in prison for the rest of your life? No, probably not. Absolutely not. And now you're afraid to even be a good citizen when you look at what happened in yeah. New York in the subways and you. What are you supposed to do? Yeah. People are out of control. Mm-hmm. You know, my daughter was just in New York, and she goes, "Oh, it's such a great city. Oh, it's so great, it's so wonderful, and the people there are so nice and everything." Okay, where was you she? Were there for you were only there for four days. Yeah, and where was she? Was she in Manhattan? Yeah. What people was she running into? Wow. But, but she had a great time, and, and I don't blame her. And look, if you're going on vacation, it's vacation. That's what vacations are supposed to be about. Yeah. And you hope you don't run into any problems, and she right. didn't. That's great. But you hear so many stories sure. that come out of these big cities, mm-hmm. these liberal big cities, of all this kind of stuff happening, the crime, the, the, the right. murders, theft, and the right. robbery, all that kind of stuff. It happens. And, let's, and let's it's out of control. And let's be honest about your daughter. Your dad probably had his head on a swivel to make sure that you weren't guided into the wrong set of people either. Of course. You know, I mean, that's why, that's why your daughter met the nice people because your dad kind of directed some traffic. And then last night when we're watching the news, I had it on and there was somebody that was shot and killed in Queens right by where she was at. Yeah. I was just there. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. But it happens everywhere. It happens here, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it happens all over the place. There's not a safe zone. That's the weird thing about it is it's, I guess the safe zone is kind of middle America, you know, and, and I mean, even a little more middle than us, like a little, little further West. That those those middle you don't hear a whole lot about um, I don't know Idaho having having shooting problems or I'm sure Colorado they have or on occasion I'm sure they I'm sure they do issues everybody has their problems yeah I'm sure they do see even your dad checked in just a little he was he was navigating just a little as he should that's that's his job you know I mean that's that's kind of his that that was his job. Take care of your kids. Someone else always causes these youth to do what. Not their, you know, I yeah, I, dude, it's a bad time. There's no, there's no two ways about it. It's a. It's not that we're just old 
and we're just reacting differently to it. It's not. The youth of today feels like they're owed something. They do. When I was young, I didn't feel like I was owed anything. I acted probably like an ass because mm-hmm. I was just a stupid kid. Yeah. But now, for some reason, the youth of today feels like they're owed something. Right? They yeah. need to. I saw a video today of a girl who sat there and she was saying, I don't need a job. I don't want a job. I shouldn't have to work. I should be able to get up and take vacations whenever I want to take vacations. And it's like that is the mindset out there of some of these kids. Yeah. That they are owed something that they didn't earn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, they they do that. And they want mid-level pay before they've earned it. You know, that's another that's another big one that that drives me crazy. Oh, I'm not going to work for $15 an hour. <laughs> and meanwhile, well, what have you done to earn to that level? Not that $15 an hour is a lot of money, but what have you done to earn to that level? That's my question. If you could say, well, this is what I've done, and this is why, uh, you know, dude, I don't know what your first job was. Mine was $3 an hour at, uh, at St. Joan of Arc Church in Streetsboro. Nice. Three whopping bucks an hour, $120 every two weeks for cutting grass and weeding, doing that kind of crap. And, you know, setting up for bingo and tearing down from bingo and stuff. It, it was a crappy job and a lot of hours for no money. But I earned my way up. I mean, that's that's what I did was I I worked my way up to, so that the next job was like $10 an hour. That's Absolutely. how you did it. All right, let's take a quick break. We've got John Bazaha coming up in just a couple of minutes. Sound good? All right. All right. Hang on. What separates Triv's Restaurant in Strongsville from everybody else? Some restaurants you go to to eat the same thing over and over and over. But then there are restaurants like Triv's where you want to go there every single time and eat something different until you have eaten every single item on the menu. Why? Because the food's delicious, and it has been for almost a quarter of a century. Triv's has amazing food, outstanding service, and an opportunity for you to have private dining, special events, and intimate occasions. You can enjoy a memorable fine dining experience in your own dedicated intimate space. Visit Triv's in the heart of Strongsville. Call now for reservations. 440-238-8830. 440-238-8830. Trivs in Strongsville. Joe Burdick custom flags are amazing. Each flag is handcrafted to reflect the imperfect perfection, making each piece of patriotic wall art unique. This is a local small business, veteran-owned and proud. Joe Burdick creates symbolic artwork that is built to last. Display your spirit, pride, and patriotism by calling 440-305-2065 and let Joe's Flag serve you. 440-305-2065. Joe Burdick Flags. Let me introduce you to Charlie's Auto Repair. Any car, any truck, any problem, Charlie's does it right. You know how it is. The check your engine light comes on, you put air in the tires, and the light is still on. 216-470-0170. That's Charlie's Auto Repair, 13728 Madison in Lakewood. Charlie can do it all. 
from small engine repair to fleet maintenance and system diagnostics. 216-470-0170. Charlie's Auto Repair. Let Charlie make your car great once again. Holding you is the warmth that I thought I could never find. Let's welcome our guests to the show. And what are your friends, Chris? Yes, Mr. John Bizaha. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. That's a good-looking guy, isn't it? <laughs> wow. You talk about me, about right? On stage, not me, not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, how are you, man? Busy as always, I know. I'm very busy right now. Yeah, I'm having a, fu- a little fun stretch at the moment. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Good well, to be, you know, me at the moment is fun. Yeah, well, let, let's talk about all the stuff that you have going on, man. I mean, we we're literally squeezing you in before you uh you hit the road, which I know you're thrilled about because it's been a it's been a long pandemic, a little longer for you than for most. But catch everybody up to what what you're doing. And for people that don't know, John is the uh, lead singer of the Babies as well as the lead singer of Firefall, and he is going out on tour. And I will let you take it from there, sir. Oh, fun. You know, yeah. I mean, 2020, it's like the year that nobody will ever remember, right? But it's the one you'll always forget. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it was brutal. You know, I, I was in Just the Babies back in 2020 when it all went down. We were getting ready to actually board a plane um, to Michigan. We were going to go out and do the token out there in Detroit. I think we were going to do something in Akron. We were going to be in your neck of the woods right, right around the 15th. And that was it. And they, we had to cancel that. And then uh, we were supposed to be on a cruise the week after. That went bye-bye. So, yeah, it was 2020 was supposed to be a great year. We had, like, two cruises, four or five festivals, a bunch of arena gigs. And it was like, yes. And, you know, we've we've recouped maybe a, a third of it, you know. So 23 started off with a bang. You know, we all uh, – uh, both bands right so i just joined firefall right at the top of uh, right at the top of the year actually i'd right. done some shows with them last year but really kind of more officially towards this this whole year uh and both bands were on the on the blue cruise which was like a norwegian a norwegian route cruise line uh deal and that was fun so we had sure. a good time both bands got to double dip on that um, and had fun, you know, and so now it's just a little bit here and there. We've done a few shows with the babies doing a lot, you know, a lot with Firefall at the moment, working on a few things with the babies to get out again in your neck of the woods, because it seems like you're at Cleveland, Akron, Detroit, you know, that whole hotbed right there. The babies really resonated. And every time we go there, it's a great time and the places are packed. So, you know, we're looking forward to do something out there and maybe the Octoberish time frame. How has the uh, music industry changed over the years? I know you started out at an early age doing, you know, 
all kind of different things, but how has it changed over the years to t- t- today? It, you know, it's, it's night and day from where it was, you know, 20 years, where it was, you know, 40 years ago, you know, when everything was starting to really pop, when people kind of made their money, songwriters really, you know, received all the credit that they could get. And a lot of them are, you know, still banking it, right? I mean, there's, there, it was a different day back then. And of course, it wasn't the digital age. So right now, I mean, you know, shoot. So we, we can talk a little bit in a, in a bit if you have any questions about Firefall's releasing a new record in September. Absolutely, sure. Completely different deal today, right? You know, you're dealing with how can you get on streams? What are the Spotify numbers? You know, what's Amazon doing, you know, when they're doing their streaming as opposed to, hey, how do I get into a friggin' radio station and how do I get on the air and start pitching this or get in, get in and do it, you know, an acoustic version of the tune and kind of wet your whistles on it. It's a different ball game on how you can promote if you're not a machine it's you know well, you're rolling the dice with how you get the word out there and that's my question how does a band now make money doing this when everything is released online and you don't pay i mean nobody's how does spotify pay you for all these tracks and all these plays and follows it's you know you 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 trust that you know your publishing companies you know you know and the ASCAP and the BMIs out there are able to go track as much as they can but you know there's all these everything's so backed out and you know through lawsuits and all these other things that are happening out there that every anybody else is going to take a back seat to the to the big guys right so you're just going to wait to see what trickles in I mean I'm really excited because I get catapult repository submits me I get a penny to five cents every month. <laughs> no, I mean it's like I'm ready to rock, man. I, I haven't even been able to get a cup of coffee yet, you know. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Too funny, man. Well, dude, uh, with I'm going to swing it to Firefall for a minute, and um, I I am amazed. I'll tell you what I'm amazed at. Not just Firefall, but these are these bands that have been around. I mean, when did Firefall start? Seventies, right? Early seventies. Yeah, or mid seventies, right? Mid-70s? They started around seventy four. I think they yeah. came out in seventy six. There are around the same time the babies. It's the there you go. Yeah, same time. Yep. But there's a lot of of the that aged bands that are releasing music, and I know it's one thing to be out there playing, you know, the the casinos and the rib the rib cookoffs and stuff that are kind of designed for for these bands. It's another thing to be making music and you guys are putting out a record. The guess who just put out a record like a a week ago or so. It's great. Yeah, it is. And it's like, where is, where is the audience or how do you find that audience? Because I'm thinking and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking that that audience are not tech savvy enough to hear the music today. Yeah, you know what? It's all through the promotion of however you're going to get it, right? You know, when our album's going to come out in September, so, you know, getting just the physical, you know, pieces of it, we'll probably have that in hand before it even gets released. So, you know, getting out and getting into, you know, getting into the hands of the people who come see the shows. You know, we just did a show with um, with uh, la, 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 uh, Night Ranger. We were in okay. Virginia the other night. About 2,500 people. It was great, you know? It, and the place is packed. Merch is packed. So if we have stuff to sell, I think that's one way of getting things out. But then you'd flip on the other thing. You've got a piece of product to sell, a CD. Who has CD players anymore? I mean, it's almost <laughs> true. Like, so you're, you know, I mean, it's like, ah, the, the, the way to get everything down if it's not streaming, you know, through any kind of fit. Because I'm that touchy-feely guy. I'm a child of the 60s, man. I want <laughs> right. to see... I want to see and feel it, touch it, smell it. You know, we just went through, you know, we did a move a year ago, right, from California to Nashville. And we still have, you know, vinyls in the in the shed, right, mm-hmm. or in, 
you know, and then it, they got transferred into the garage. And now we're like, okay, now we have a lot of things dialed in. Now let's go through and see what the damage is on carting this stuff across country and what made it and what did it. And, you know, just the ability to listen to records. We listened to, I think, about 20 records yesterday just to check for skips and going, oh, my gosh, you know, that Hot Streets record by Chicago. Are you kidding right. me? You know, <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, what, what Bruce Springsteen, you know, what, you know, we just flipped out for like five sure. hours listening to stuff and that doesn't happen anymore. Right. So huh. that's your question. Right. And how do you answer? How do you get to those people that aren't tech savvy? It's the thing with the babies, man. If you're not sitting around and Googling the babies 2023 and you're 60, 65 and maybe not so tech savvy you're certainly not searching that you have no idea we've been back 10 years yeah and and, and dude it, it's so funny you bring that up because like for me you know and, and for people that don't know i do uh, i do the web work for for the babies and the the social stuff for the babies and um i still get people all the time like i'll post a baby's track just on my own personal facebook because a lot of times i just throw tracks whatever i'm listening to and let's be honest when i'm working on the babies i'm listening to the babies because it puts me in that headspace and I'll throw up a track and people will be like, they'll ask me, Hey, are the babies still out there? You know, are they right? And I'm like, I work for them for God's sakes. You're on my friends list. You know, how do you not know this? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. The story of the life. Right. You know, and it's, and then they come out and see, and then they like go, you know, because mm -hmm. I don't, we, we don't, you've seen us. We don't disappoint yeah. man. we do the records, you know, so well, pretty fun. Th that's why for me anyway, I'm excited to see firefall because I, I was a huge babies fan, so that was an easy sell for me. Because yep, yep. you know, when when I first met you, it was it was not a hard sell to get me because I knew every song beforehand. Right. I don't know every song of Firefall. I'll admit it. I I know the hits. I know. Just remember, I love you, and you know, you are um, strange ways, and you know, I know the hits. I really don't know the catalog at all. For you. Go how uh, this is kind of a two part question, and Seth, I will let you get in. I promise. No, you're but, fine. But uh, how much did you know of Firefall going in, and how difficult was it for you to once again step into a band that had a very, very grand history? So stepping into it was was going to be the fun part, right? Um, I knew. I knew just probably like you, I knew the hits. I probably okay. knew about seven or eight, nine songs. Okay. But you know what? When we're when we're playing with ARS or Little River Band and or Dave Mason or somebody, you know, like we just did Night Ranger, we're playing 45 minutes to an hour. We're playing eight to nine songs. So I knew probably what the set was going to be. Okay. Um, going into it. And the babies had done um maybe two or three shows with firefall over the last four years or so. So I was familiar with the camp, right. And knew the guys a little bit. Um, but, you know, stepping into it was almost kind of like with the babies because, you know, for me, my initial role with firefall, I'm, I'm not the lead singer. I, I, you know, I sing lead on a couple of songs, you know, I'm the mm -hmm. guy that does the high stuff and I play bass. So it's a different step back. You know, Steve Weinmeister is the is the lead singer that probably right. sings ninety percent of everything, and Jock will sing a little bit more. You know, sings a couple songs, and then I sing two now in the set. So we kind of morph it. This, the The album's a different story. We'll talk about that in a minute. But you know, it was almost like the babies, right? When I, you know, I, we've talked about this before. I, I you know, I, I'm a singer who plays bass. So when somebody says, "Hey, you know, Mark Andes might be retiring," 
you know, do you think you can take over on the base duties? You know, 10 years ago, I would have been, ah, let me see, let me go get them under my hands and kind of figure out the babies was very easy for me. And Firefall was kind of like, I knew 80% of the songs in my head. So sure. my fingers over the last 10 years of playing, if, you know, and my, my little theory, I guess, is kind of, you know, kind of advanced a bit. So it was a pretty quick transition. My biggest thing is how I'm being, being able to go play and then sing those high notes, man, because <laughs> I'm doing the top stuff in Firefall. And it's great because our three-part harmonies are awesome. And the sound that comes out of us, anybody who sees us freaks out that, that we're that tight. You know, so it's pretty cool. Like, we've been doing it for years. How has touring changed? Like, what, what does a tour look like these days as opposed to what it was like early on? Early on, you'd be on a bus, right? And you'd be city to city. You might you might have a you know a hub that you'd connect into, but typically you were out for two months at a time. Come back for a few weeks, go back out for another couple of months, write an album, record your album, go out another six months later, that kind of thing, and rinse and repeat it. Um, there's you know there's machines that are out there that go out and they're out you know the big dogs right they're out for four months and they just mm -hmm. go. Boom, 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 boom. You know, our style of touring touring right now is I, you know, I, I have a great I have a great month if I've got, you know, two or three gigs in a week. You know, so we leave on a Thursday, come home on a Monday, leave on a Friday, do two shows, come home on Monday. I mean, things like that where, you know, hey, you're doing two shows here, three shows here, and you know, the shows pile up, you're playing on the main nights, right? So I mean, not many people want to go out on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but the right. Thursday through a Sunday. So if we're able to, you know, do two out of three or three out of four of those dates, that's pretty cool. And then all it is is really a fly in and you typically will string it, you know, typically you'll have a, you know, a 90 mile radius that you need to stay out of. So we try to just book everything within a two to four mile drive. And, you know, we're, we're, we're doing a big SUV and, and hauling guitars and calling it a day. That's awesome, man. That's not, that's that's kind of life that I wish that I had. <laughs> I, I want to be the rock star. I want to be touring in the country and having a good time. And I, it just seems like a, a, a good life. How do you keep the passion going after all this time? The passion just goes because, A, the songs are great. You know, if you dig your mates, you know, that's a great thing. So, you know, if you don't have any drama, drama is a, drama's a, a buzzkill, man, right? So if you don't have drama, you're typically going to have a grand time, right? So you really just want to make sure that, both of these bands, we play some killer catalog tunes. And so anytime you see butts in the seats, it elevates your game to get ready to go up, play and jam. And it's really easy to, to, to flick the switch. I think I have a lot of gas. Maybe I'm indifferent. I have a lot of gas left, so I don't have to do anything to rise up to the occasion. I'm just already up on the occasion. Sure. How much is, is the fact that you have 430 bands, uh, 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 you know that keeps the gas flowing because you do you you know we're talking about two of them but you've got a great band that I, and i'll tell anybody this is the best thing that john has done in 20 years which is crossing rubicon uh, crossing rubicon is just a gem man it's so good such yeah. a great record and unfortunately frontiers promoted it for three three to five seconds and then moved on but yeah yeah we, we did we did some good self-promotion and did better than the promotion yeah they did a little bit on it i don't know you know it's kind of funny because we thought that that was going to do a little bit better in that when we first went out you know we really didn't want to call it crossing rubicon you know mm -hmm. we really wanted it to be a project because it's yeah. jank and myself right and right. now it's like jank and his two sons you know and then Holly's doing a little bit and McKenna did a couple background tracks and Johnny's going to get into it. I think really the end game is 
getting the two Eroglu youngbloods and my son Johnny together because okay. they will take over the world, dude. You want to talk about metal and progressive metal and sure. stuff like that. You know, we can talk for days about that. But, you know, we really wanted it to be a project. We wanted to call it Project Rubicon or Project Eroglu Basaha or something mm -hmm. project. And they kind of poo-pooed it and said, no, this is a band. It's got to be a band. So we basically, between the two families, played every instrument, right? Right. So, you know, and Jank can play absolutely anything. And his son, F.A., is like, if you don't know F.A., you need to Google him. That boy is the next best thing. I mean, and then his, his son, his son Ali, is basically, um, I, I think he's 11 now. And he's <laughs> wow. a drumming god. So I mean, those the, just that family is just amazing. So it's kind of fun. So putting that together, at the we we get our album art done together. We put it all together, and they go and give the final. And what comes out on the back is a project by Serafino. Serafino. Yeah, Serafino from Frontiers. So, so at the end, he goes and puts the name on the back, saying it's a project by him. Yeah. So like, we always wanted it to be Project Blah. So it's like, oh my gosh. Right. You know? Thanks, Lisa. There you yeah, go. So you got fans yeah. checking in. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that that it, you know, it's 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 a great, you know, bit of AOR because most of the it songs is. were written in 1985 and brought forward, you know, and and a lot of the lyric content, you know, Jank had brought forward and I put my stamp on a few things and a few things, you know, I wrote. I wrote, you know, I probably wrote about five or six tunes from a, right. from a lyric perspective, but Jank just, you know, it was it was 99%, you know, his baby it was cool. And the sure. boy put the whole thing together greatly. And it's not like that's it. That's not it either, because you also have Nova Rex that, hey. you know, that's coming out with a record and a documentary and everything, right? Yeah, we'll have a greatest hits album that'll be probably coming out towards the end of the year, maybe top of next. Nice. And then the documentary's coming out, you know, in uh, G August, in okay. end of August. Right. Um, it ain't easy staying cheesy, you know? <laughs> It's the, you know, it's the sequel. I mean, the, the sequel to It Ain't Easy Being Cheesy. But you know what? Hey, it's been picked up. It's on Amazon Prime and it's a prime original. So, hey, you know, let's go and let's see how many people can watch this. It was watched like three to five million times over on the Doc Channel and the Netflix. So there's a, you know, it's it's Spinal Tap, but real. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about the new stuff. All right, so so it, end of September, mid September, we're coming out with uh, releasing the record called Firefall, and it's called Friends and Family. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, just a killer concept. It's not originals. It, it it's basically cover tunes. So the whole premise was back, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, the, our manager Len Fico was talking to Jock and and saying, "Hey, Jock, you know, you guys, you know, should do, you know, an, an album of, you know, I mean, you guys all came out of some great, you know, bands, the Birds, the Flying Burrito Brothers, uh, guys played with Dan Fogelberg, um, you know, they're uh, just a nice list of people, um, Graham Parsons with Emmy Lou Harris and the Fallen Angels, who else? I mean, there's just a bunch." Um, and they and, and Jock said, "You know what? I, I think we can do that, but let's maybe take it a step further." and see if we can go in and do songs by other people, other bands that we toured with when we came out, like the Doobie Brothers or Fleetwood Mac or the band or Leonard Skinner. I mean, they, you know, and, and, and Kenny Loggins and Messina. So that's what we did. Um, Spirit was another one that, you know, the band in Heart was another one, right? So, you know, we had Mark Andes in Heart and Spirit, you know, we had Jojo Gunn in there. I mean, it was, we had a lot of things to go and choose from. And, you know, we went and, you know, at, at first I was being brought in 
with, you know, because Mark was deciding that he was going to um, retire from the road. And first, maybe I was going to come in just to do sing, some singing parts and maybe play a little bit of bass. And he would have moved over and played some acoustic. Okay. He just decided now nah, it's time to just get off the road. I'm I'm going to rock. And I, I thought at first I was going to be in one song. I, I There's 13 tunes on it. You know, I pro yeah. And so I'm on all 13 tunes, which is great. You know, I had a, had a great time on it. We just released a couple of weeks ago, Simple Man. So Simple Man is the first release that that's off of it. Um, but the next one, I mean, I, I could, I could tease it. We're putting together, you know, a little, a little like a minute and a half teaser of five tunes. So the okay. heart song, sorry, I'm just going to say what it is. Well, I'll tell you what we're playing. What about love by heart? We've got Howard Lee's playing the solo on it. Cool. So we have some cool guests, you know, to go do some stuff. Uh, we're doing Part of the Plan by Dan Fogelberg. We're doing Can't You See by Marshall Tucker. Um, uh, gosh, uh, I Got a Line on You by Spirit. What um, Long Train Running by The Doobies. World Turning by Fleetwood Mac. Uh, so we've got some kick-ass tunes very that cool. are on it. And they were done very respectfully. There's a bit of a firefall, you know, twist on it. Um, the cool thing is between the three of us, you know, our, our vocals are so tight that, you know, you really in some cases can't tell who's singing what part. And in some cases we're singing all the parts and just melding them together. And, you know, it's just got a nice little meat to it. That's pretty darn cool. So we knew pretty early on that Steve and I, this is our first time that we ever really sang together other than, hey, nice to meet you. Let's go on stage and do a show to, okay, here's 13 songs and let's start singing together. Right. And right. And our first day, I think we did in three hours, we must have done six background vocals and we probably doubled every one of them and sung every part on every one of them, you know, and it was like, it, it was like, so it's pretty cool when, when that happens. So that for us, I think is going to be our calling card is the fact that we remake these, we do them very respectfully and the vocals just kick ass. Sure. Now, now once this is out, you're obviously going to be touring. You start touring what in two days, I think, right? Actually, no, I'm going to be leaving in two days to go for a week off before I, you know, oh, nice. the engines. Yeah. We're, we're going off with some friends to go to, uh, to wine country out in California. So I'm going to go out to Paso for a few days. Going off with my wife that you stole, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> Sorry to say, you know, he loves you, dude. I know. Just a little bit more. I'm sure it's more than a little more. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, well, dude, what what is the plan with Firefall and and honestly with the babies as well going forward? I mean, even with the babies, it's been a while since you recorded. Now, are you guys yeah. gonna? maybe write something else or are you going to maybe write something with firefall like originals, even if it's an EP or a single or we're with the with regards firefall, we're going to start the friends and family two album, but on okay. that we'll probably do about three or four firefall originals. So we okay. won't just say, Hey, we're just going to go do another album of covers. We'll try to, we're going to do at least three or four new ones. Sure. Maybe with some different vibes to it, which will be kind of cool. So that that's with that, you know, we haven't talked about the babies doing another record. They, they did the one, you know, when we had the anthology two and then the remix remasters of I'll have some of that, mm -hmm. um, but we're so geo dispersed at the moment that it's, it's like trying to get us all in the same place together is like an act of Congress. So <laughs> right. figure that one out, but we're totally open to it. You know? Yeah. You know, I, I would love to do, you know, almost like an unplugged version of, of some of these uh -huh. tunes because we've done it. We did it with like photo, uh, you know, a uh, uh, postcard, you know, mm -hmm. we fooled around a little bit with every time I think of you and a few others. And some of them lend themselves very, very cool to just be acoustic renditions, you know, of course, wrong or right and others. But yeah, 
so maybe maybe someday we'll see but yeah I'd like to like to push that one as well and see what we can do is it tough to put the the covers and put your own spin on it you know when i so i mean like you know when i was learning the baby stuff i mean chris can attest i probably sing 99 percent of the melodies i don't yeah. really embellish a lot i'll put my stamp on it and maybe sing things a little bit different but but I probably am 90 plus percent true to what weight laid down in that um, and try to do the same thing in Firefall. So for me, you know, doing another it's it's pretty easy, you know, to just do a remake of somebody else's stuff, because Simple Man, I probably we took it up three steps. Yeah, <laughs> they gave us three steps. We took it up three steps. Um, that was fun. Right. You know, so that for me was putting my own spin on it. Right. Singing the lyric, probably 90 percent of the melody, but I'm three steps higher than that. And so it gets a different vibe. It's a different grit to the whole thing. You know, so I, I just kind of I just go with the flow. You know, with when we did the heart tune, I started it all off because I wanted it to be just like Strange Way. So when you hear the heart tune, it's kind of like boom, doom, 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 boom, doom, just like Strange Way starts out, but just right. a little bit different. But it's the vibe, and then you know where where you've got the 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 in the heart tune where the the synthesizers would come in and play the opening little descending. We got the flute playing it right, so we firefall things out. But by and large, we're sticking to the structure of the tune. Sure. Uh, John, where should we tell people to go to keep up with you and uh, Firefall and the babies and all that good stuff? Well, the babies is the babies official everywhere. So dot com on Facebook, what have you. Firefall, we're in flux. I think it's firefallofficial.com. And there's also firefall.net. So you can go to both of those to try to find us. But that's sure. pretty much where we're going to be. Okay, oh, that's a, that's a motley crew. Yeah, look at those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you with a gray beard. Look at that. Hey, you know, I, 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 it was November when that was taken, right? So I figured <laughs> I was not going to shave, and it, it, I had to actually trim it, you know, so for this. So, yeah, normally, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm almost always like this. Yeah, I was going to say. Know, this I, had, is... I had like a goatee when I when I uh, was auditioning with the babies, and that's exactly what Tony said. Hey, so, buddy, um, uh, what about this? You know, the babies <laughs> had facial hair, and I'm like. <laughs> Oh, can I keep this? He goes, okay. You know, and then one year he, he comes with this beard. I hadn't seen him in a month and he comes with this big like Santa thing. I'm like, what the heck with the no beard policy? He goes, ah, I'm lazy, buddy. Sorry. I'll shave it tomorrow. <laughs> Very nice, man. Yeah. Well, dude, I am looking forward to the record. I'm certainly looking forward to seeing Firefall, which I've never seen. That'll be fun. And once you get over here to Cleveland and, I'm definitely going to do my work to help get you here to Cleveland with the babies again. Cause I would appreciate it. I Seth, appreciate I can't it. even tell you how great of a show that is. Yeah, I can imagine. It's uh, the Tangier show, especially, and not to go down memory lane, but that was one of the greatest shows ever, yeah. you know, at, at that venue. I've seen a zillion shows at that venue. I hate that they're not doing that anymore. Because wow, that was a is good it show. Even still around? I mean, I know it's, it's not a club anymore, right? Or is it? Well, is I it, heard that they just opened back up, actually. Well, but it's LeBron it, James kind of turned it into his own personal like, whatever it is now. But yeah, uh, 
Gotcha. It's like a hip hop club or something now. It's not, the babies aren't going to be playing there. I'll put it that way. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I don't hey, think you so. never know. You know, we, we partner up with a lot of people you wouldn't think we would. So, hey, you never know. <laughs> well, you got to get one of those, one of those rappers to remix, you know, every time I think of you in it. Dude, we were, we were talking to Run DMC to do just that, dude. Oh, this wow. Like 10 years ago, when we first started coming back. How do we, you know, do Walk This Way with Every Time I Think of You? Right. You know, or with Back on My Feet Again. Those were the two. Really, it was Back on My Feet Again that we had first because the, you know, just the play on the name of the song. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. And having them do it. And we were that close. Nice. That close. God, that would have been fun. <laughs> you know? Very good. Yep. Excellent. Well, one more time. Um, you've got so many projects out there. The babiesofficial.com. Uh, for the babies, uh, Firefall official for Firefall, Nova Rex, just look them up. Um, Nova Rex rocks. Yep. Nova Rex rocks and, uh, and watch it on Amazon Prime for those of you that, are, that have the Amazon Prime. And I can guarantee you we will be reviewing that here. So, oh, nice. um, you know, we'll, 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 make it, we'll make sure everybody knows it's out there. But it's always great seeing you, man. I can't wait to see you on stage again. Appreciate and, um, it. You know, good luck, man. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Thank Jens. You. Take care you. now. What's going on, everybody? It is Chris Aiken from Chris Aiken Presents and the Seth Williams Show and, of course, the Classic Metal Show. And I know you need someone to be told something, right? Whether it's something nice, something not so nice. Maybe you need somebody fired and you just don't have the guts to do it. Maybe you need to tell your girlfriend to hit the pavement. Maybe you need to tell the boyfriend to hit the streets. Whatever it is, I got you covered. Right here with my Cameo, cameo.com slash Chris Aiken. I will tell them, and I won't be nice, unless you want me to be. If you want me to be nice about it, I will certainly give the sweetest message possible. But if you need evil with a lot of F-bombs and a lot of words that I just can't even say on any sort of radio or TV program, I'll do that for you too. One more time, cameo.com slash Chris Aiken. Buy a cameo from me, and I will tell them like it is the way you want them told. All right. There's no place like home. And whether it's furniture, artwork, home accessories, appliances, or that one-of-a-kind collectible, Yellow Brick Road Online Auctions allows you to find everything you need from the comfort of your own home. The owner of Yellow Brick Road Auctions has been conducting online estate auctions for over eight years by providing homeowners with a stress-free process to liquidate all items that have accumulated over the years. I'm Melissa Mendici, owner of Yellow Brick Road Auctions. Log on today to find your heart's desire. Hey, it's Seth from Mario's Barbershop in Parma, 7526 Broadview Road in the Pleasant Valley Shopping Center right next to Big Lots. You got to check out Mario, man. Great guy, does a lot for charities, but can perform miracles with hair. 
He even made me look clean cut. Does my hair, does a great job. Love talking to the guy while I'm sitting there. It's a great place to go. Local business. You gotta go to Mario's Barbershop in Parma. Mario's Barbershop in Parma, 7526 Broadview Road. Again, in Parma, Pleasant Valley Shopping Center, right next to Big Lots. Or give them a call, 216-520-1977. That's 216-520-1977. Mario's Barbershop in Parma. All right, we're back. We are back. We are back. For a second, anyway. <laughs> yeah, and then we're leaving. Uh, yeah. Wednesday, Melissa from Yellow Brick Road Auction is going to come on again. Try to cool, cool. Uh, do this again because last time it was kind of rough with the right. audio, visual, whatever. So we're going to get that done. And Tony Masashi will be out and about, and we'll see what else we got going on. Yes. Well, thank wait. everybody for listening tonight. Much appreciated. Right. Yeah, yeah, every, everything was great. John Bazaha, great, great guest. He was good. He was good, and uh, enjoyed the conversation. Uh, and don't shoot yourself if you go to Cleveland, Republican yeah. people. Appreciate it. <laughs> Have a great <laughs> night, and we'll talk to you Wednesday. See, See ya. ya.